there's a reason why it's so it's such a pandemic or epidemic in our church. It's because we don't want to talk about it. And the, and the way that we need to talk about it is by shedding light on it and by bringing it up, uh, bringing it up, not just a don't do this kind of talk, but a, I've gone through this. Let's work on this together. Let's have an open and honest conversation about our imperfections as people and let's lift each other up with, because of it. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. Honestly, I'm so excited to get it to you guys because it has such good things in it. Gage Parker, this is the second episode with him because our interview went long, but I was so happy it did because he has great thoughts and an amazing story. In the first episode, which was last week, he talks about how he went on a mission and actually came home dishonorably because he didn't fix some things that he needed to before going out on the mission. In this episode, he talks about how he got back on the mission and came home struggling with some of the same issues such as pornography. He honestly has such good advice on building community and talking openly with people around you so that way they can help you in whatever you're going through, as well as connection being the antidote to the poison of shame. talking to my sick president and I told him he's like I don't feel like you're going to be ready till April and I was like what? April that's, that's going to be like... over a year <laughs> and I was like this is ridiculous and I remember when I get angry I just stop talking which is yeah. like, ironic because like I talk all the time <laughs> and I remember I just like he said that and I just completely shut down and he was like do you still want to go on your mission if that's the case and I was like I just looked at him and didn't say anything because I, I was furious yeah because i felt like i've been working so hard and yet i was still being punished but i didn't go home and i didn't do anything rash but i was just like i was upset yeah and then because the longer i waited this is another thing i was like i only i only wanted to go back on my mission i was going back to my mission i I did not want to go to one i did not want to get reassigned if that happened i would not have gone back out yeah because I want to go back for President Taylor, President and Sister Taylor. I want to go back for my missionaries. I want to go back for my people. That's all I wanted. And the longer I waited, the more likely that was. So I was like terrified and upset that I wouldn't, if I waited till April, they wouldn't send me back out of my mission. Yeah. And I remember I was just upset. I went home. I told my mom I was upset. I was crying. And then my mom, a little, I didn't know this until later, but she also, she was in the stake leadership. And so she talked to President Gibson and was like, what are you doing? Yeah. Like I've seen the different, like, can you not see the difference in my son? He's like, I know, but he was like worried that he would send me out too soon. And I, that, cause like he was scared that I wasn't like, he had a, like, he was just afraid that I wasn't ready. Yeah. And so he didn't want me to send me out to fail. Was I'm, sh- I'm sure that uh, leaders get that a lot. Like, cause it's on them. People get mad at them. Cause it's on parents them. get mad at them. Yeah. They, everyone gets mad at them. And then if they, if someone comes to you to repent, and you say they're okay, and then they're not, that's yeah. on you now. Mm-hmm. It's like, I understand why he was being overly cautious. By the time, I was upset. Yeah, totally. But then my me, the my reaction plus his reaction, um, kind of, but plus my mom's reaction kind of helped him because he, a couple of days later, he texted me. He's like, do you still want to go on your mission? And by this point, I had calmed down, and I was like, yes, I still want to go. Cause at the point moment I was like 14 months, like I've been out, that have been me being out for like 14, 15 months yeah. for my mission. And I was like, that's more than half. That's more than I was out on my mission. And I was like, but then I like the humility of like the remembering, like it's his way, not mine. It's his will, not mine. And I was like, no, I still want to go. I still want to go. And he goes, good. Cause I just talked, I called someone in the mission department and asked them for their advice. And they said, they only cared about why you got sent home in the first place. And I feel like you've taken care of that. And if you promise to me that you're working hard and if you like, keep doing what you're doing, I will write you a letter of recommendation. And I was like, yes, what? Yes, and he like, he's like, yeah, come in. So I, I was like, okay. And he's like, come in. When can you come in? I was like, when can you have me? And it's like, I went in and he like, handed me my temple recommend back. I wasn't expecting it. That was an amazing experience. 
um, he was like, okay, you can be better. I know you can. And I feel like you've, I know you've repented for what you got sent home for originally and what you're working on now, that's not enough to prevent you from serving a mission. If you truly like are working, you're hard enough. And that's was a huge, like, Oh, I don't have to be perfect. Like, yeah. but the Lord just carries worries about like, I'm on my way. Like we're headed that way. And plus on the mission, it's like, you have to be like extremely disobedient to like get a hold of that stuff. And so yeah. <laughs> like, you have to like actively go out of your way. Like really try to find it. Exactly. And so I remember I was like, Oh my gosh, this is happening. And like, he's like, I'm going to write the letter. And it was right around Christmas that he's like, so it might take a couple of weeks because you know, we believe in Christ and it's his birthday. Yeah. So the church <laughs> takes it seriously. And so he's like, but I'm going to write it. And I just cried for, this is the first time I was like, I've done it. Like I'm fine. Like I'm seeing like the fruits of my labors, if you will. And I just was crying and I was like, it's happening. Like I'm finally able to go back on my mission. And he's like, I don't know what they'll say, but I'm like, it was just so nice to have someone in my corner, like yeah. helping me finally, like, cause I never lost that desire to serve my mission. And I was like, finally, like I am going to be able to go back out. And then a couple weeks later, mid July, actually, they're like, when can you go back out? Like they said, yes. And my mission president was like, he, I called your president. You're still going to the same mission. I was like, okay. Whew. Yeah. And he's like, he wants to know when he's like, I asked him when the earliest he would have you. And he said, when's the earliest you can. And I was like, give me a couple of weeks yeah, just to get ready again. Yeah. Get everything prepared. And I was like, I still hadn't gone to the temple luckily because I was scared because it'd been like so long and I'd never actually felt worthy to be in the temple. Cause every time I'd gone out, like, and they bring them up like the, will you follow the law chassis part? I was like, yeah. Yikes. <laughs> and so this was like, I was like nervous to go. Cause I always felt that. But then finally, like I went and I was like, this is so much better. Finally being clean. Like I wasn't perfect, but like I was told like, and like they knew everything and they told me I could go. And I was like, this is amazing. This is awesome. And then a week and then like the, the week up to, it, I was just like, so giddy. I was like, this is happening. Like, yeah. This is happening. I'm finally going on my mission <laughs> again. And I actually went back a year to the day that I got sent home. Really? Mm -hmm. Dang. Exactly a year. Your intermission. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yep. So I was, yeah, exactly a year that I was able to go back out on my mission after yeah. being at home for a year. That's crazy. And like going back out, how how was it? Did the mission change at all? I'm oh, sure that there's so tons of your weird. mission like mission buddies have been gone for a yeah. while now. So, yeah. So a lot of the mission people that I had like grown up with were home. Yeah. And the missionaries I was supposed to go home with were going home. Cause I, I went out halfway in between a transfer because mm -hmm. my mission was like, I don't care to send him out. And the missionaries I was going home with, like there's an elder I was in the MTC with, who was a zone leader of the zone I was in. And he was going home in three weeks. <laughs> you're like still got a year and i was like yeah <laughs> like i was yeah and so it was like it was it was a like that moment the february 13th moment was a little weird being back on my mission but yeah i was like so weird because like there are missionaries who are greenies when i was out who are now like zone leaders like and a kid that i was there when he was brand new he was the assistant now there's missionaries i'd never seen before and i was like who are who are all these people yeah um it was crazy but i remember my mission president picked me up from the airport when I got home, when I got back out and he t immediately took me to, and it was the same mission present, same mission because he had been out. So like I, so like I actually like served in two missions technically cause I was called to the Kennewick mission, but then with the influx of 18 year olds, they split missions. And so I was part of a new mission that was created the Washington, Vancouver mission. Mm -hmm. And so I had a, my first mission president I had for like four months and then I had president Taylor for the rest of it. So he still had like two years. So yeah, he was still there luckily. But he and his wife picked me up from the airport, from the place that they dropped me off. And it was just like, that year that I was home was like gone. Like, it was like, I had never been not glad. I'd never left. Cause I was like, I'm back. Like, yeah, was a, this is amazing. I was still wearing the same suits cause I still fit in them. Oh yeah. I lost a ton of weight when I was home. Oh really? Like, I got down to like, I'm like six two and I got down to like 170. Cause oh, I just dang, like, yeah. was so depressed. But I was like, filled back out a little bit. Not too much because I didn't want to get fat. Um, but they picked me up and they immediately took me to a zone conference. And I felt a little weird because I was like, I was like, I was like, I felt like I never left. But at the same time, I was like, 
I've been gone for a while and I was like, am I ready for this? You and I remember settled in yet. I hadn't settled in yet. And they were throwing like, I remember I walked in and the assistants, Elder Kellis and Elder Tongaraj were giving a training and Elder Kellis was, he, I was out three months. Like I just finished my 12 week when he'd come out. So like I'd just been a greenie and he was the new greenie and like <laughs> me and him were like, we're super close and he was giving a training or someone was giving a training and they're like up on there because we're in a chapel and they're up where the bishop sit and the missionaries were down. And I remember there was missionaries there that I had served with a year ago. And in the middle of someone's training, everyone that knew me stood up and just came over and hugged me. And it was one of the most like surreal and like sweetest moments to like literally be like, I was like, I'm home. Finally, I'm home. And they just like, and there was other missionaries who didn't know me that knew I was coming out back. And they're like, we're so happy you're back. And it was just like, I was like, oh, I did it. I did it. And we went back about through the zone conference. I was able to sit and I was able to talk to these missionaries. And I was like, I was finally happy again. Like, I was like, I had done what the Lord had asked me and I was back. And do you remember the all about that book parody of the Book of Mormon? Did you ever see that? Or two um, sisters. Like, it's about, it was like all about that base, but I was like, oh, all about that book. Yeah, book. That was from my mission. Really? <laughs> And so I was like, hey, elders, I saw you in this video. And they're like, oh, no. <laughs> but it was like, it was just like, because like when I was at home, even when I, was, when I was worthy again, I was like, something was missing. And then finally, I was like, I was home, back on my mission. And I was like, I'm back. And it felt so good to be back. But it was a rough transition to be back. Because like when you first go on a mission, you don't know what you're giving up. But then you're on your mission, like, okay, I'm out. I'm going to finish it. But like, I knew exactly what I was giving up. And then I was put in an area in a tripanionship. And I remember thinking i was like i'm gonna come back out i'm gonna like have the re-greeny fire and everything's gonna like perfect like i'm gonna have so much more i had so much more reverence and respect for the mission because it was truly a gift to serve it's not like it is a responsibility but it's a gift to serve a mission and i never felt that more than when i was back out and i was like my words are gonna be so much more powerful but it was it went back and it wasn't like i was like ammon or like uh nephi and lehi the ones who literally converted all the Lamanites. Yeah. (laughs) It was literally like people still didn't want to talk to me. And I was like, what in the world? But then I finally realized, do you know what's happened to me? (laughs) I was like, come on, like it's me. Yeah. But like I, that one passed. I remember talking to my mission president and I was like, yeah, things are, he's like, yeah, we forget about how hard the mission is. He's like, are you okay? I'm like, I'm, I'm fine. I'm so, I'm like, I was still happy to be out there, but no. And so my second half of my mission was so much different. Yeah, I saw what, what were those differences from the first so, to the second? Okay, yeah, so for sure. So the second, the biggest difference is that I never doubted what I was able to be out. So I was able, like, I was happier. And, like, I felt like I just, like, there's, I just felt like I was a little, like, there was no, that, there, that weight that was there that I felt like was bearing me down from, like, growing wasn't there. And I was able to, like, grow exponentially, I felt like. And then my second part around, I realized that there's three pieces of missionary work. Um, there's conversion, uh, retention, and reactivation. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of people only focus on the conversion on a missionary. And I was like, no, like, I realized that some of the people who need missionaries the most are members and other missionaries. And so I totally didn't care about the number of converts that I had. I cared more. About, I was like, I'm going to come out here. And I had a very distinct impression when I was going back out. I was like, you're going back out to help missionaries and members. And I had that very, and I remember I like, so I was like, okay, I was still trying obviously to baptize like anyone who's willing to listen. But I also was like there to help everyone around me. Mm-hmm. I was there to help missionaries who had possibly struggled with some of the things that I did or members who like were not active anymore. And cause like I had basically gone inactive. And I had like come out of it, the, 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 for, the refiner's fire and very much like, I'm so grateful for it. And I was like, I can share these experiences with these people and they can see in like, I'm a missionary again. So I was like, I was so much more, I was actually way more focused on the retention and the reactivation part of missionary work mm-hmm. my second year, my second year around. And like, but I was still like, obviously I was still trying to meet new people, but I didn't like, there's always the, we had the new member, we had the the three lessons were 
recent convert less active member present and just like investigator lessons mm-hmm. most people only care about the member present member present and then just like the normal lessons yeah. i like i loved recent con- we all rclas is what we call them and i like i made so many good bonds and i'm and looking back i'm so grateful i was home for a year i'm so grateful because one I, of the things i learned but secondly because of the missionaries i was able to serve with and the people i was able to serve with and it was like i didn't like if i and like if i had been if i'd gone home when i was supposed to i would have never met these people and so that gets to the point where i was like i was so grateful for the lord mm-hmm. and i wasn't able to see his plan at the time but in and i was like thinking i was like well if i'd been better i would have come out and i probably saw a great experiences but i realized that the lord will do the best things with the worst of situations it's like, even though I'm being an idiot over here, he's like, I can still make you amazing. I can still make you as best as you can be. And I still can still put you in. I still have situations that I need you in, even if you're messing up right now. Mm-hmm. So that's something I always like, like to tell people is like, just cause you're messing up now doesn't mean you're missing these opportunities. It's not like they come once in a lifetime and then they're gone. Yeah. Cause I met people who I was there for and they were there for me. But I would never have been there if I had like was perfect six months back out of my mission. I mean, I like I said, I would have had amazing experiences. But the Lord knew who I was, yeah, and He knew that I needed that year. Yeah, the guy that I interviewed last week, he's actually talking about that. He's like, even if you make like awful, like an awful mistake, mm-hmm. and you feel like you ruined the plan, he's like, you didn't. God was planning on that. He knew that yeah. that was going to be the case, and. It's not like he's going to have to rearrange some things in order for him to fix what you messed up. Exactly. exactly. He knew that that was going to happen. And so he still has a plan for you to touch and be a part of um, the people's lives that you're supposed to be part of. And I like, because that's what I was nervous about. I was like, I missed out on saving people basically. Yeah. But yeah, that's so true. I, he's not, he's not, you're not going to throw a wrench in his plans. Yeah. You're, you're you're not capable of that. We're not. We're yeah. really not. Like as much as I mess up, and if I get better, I was like, he's like, yeah, that's still part of the plan. You're like, okay, yeah. But yeah, so like it was just so much different because I had so much more of a respect for the mission. I had so much. I was so much more humble. Where I was so much, I was way more willing to do the things that my mission president asked me to do. Like before, I like I hated memorizing scriptures, and he's like, this is something we should probably do. And I was like, fine, okay, did it. And then, but yeah, so I was just like. I was so much more humble. I was so much more respectful, so much more reverent about my mission um, than my second year around. And I like felt so much happier and it was like literally the best year best that my mission could have been. Yeah. And I was like, I was able to, I was actually able to extend a little bit because of it. Cause I oh, was that's like, cool. I like came out in the middle of a mission a set, uh, semester uh, transfer <laughs> And so because of that, I, my mission was like, well, technically you've served, you can either serve like 23 months or closer to 25. And I decided to serve closer to 25. And I'm so grateful for that last transfer because I met one of my, the most amazing women, families like I've ever met. She was like, I met her. Um, we met her and 14 days later, she was baptized. Wow. And she was, she was, she's, unfortunately she's passed away recently, but she was active until the day that she passed away. Wow. And so I was like, so grateful that like, and I was another one where I'm like, wow, like he waited to save this to the very end. But yeah, like I, my second half of my mission was just my first half. And then that's another thing that when I came home from my mission that I was like, did the first half of my, the, the first year not count? Did everything I do have like a dark cloud over it? Mm-hmm. Did I not, serve like because i wasn't serving worthily did i mess up these people's because i baptized people physically my first year and i was like does that not count do they need to get rebaptized do i was like did my first year like it's like was i speeding in a school zone like (laughs) is it going to like hurt me because i was doing it unworthily yeah is it going to hurt the people that i was serving because i was doing it unworthily and that's one of the first things my mistake president told me he's like you are still doing the lord's work your first year mission, all the good that you did, the Lord still sees that. 
the bat people that you baptized and that you taught, they're fine. The Lord knows. And I was such a relief. And so that's another thing is like, you can still do great things even if you're not perfect. Yeah. And like, that's, that was like, uh, like, that doesn't sound like that's like, Oh wow. It's, but like, but when you realize it for yourself, it's like, yeah, I can still still, do it. Yeah. And so that's one thing I really learned was I don't have to be perfect to do good things and no one does. That's one of my biggest revelations too. When you're talking about, um, the kind of aha moment of responsibility, you're like, I'm here because of me. Um, that was one of the big things for me. I don't know. A lot of the things you said sound so familiar. Um, have you ever listened to Jordan Peterson? I haven't. No, you haven't. Oh, you would love him. Uh, but he talks about Cain and Abel and he talks about the reason Cain like went downhill, ended up killing his brother. The first murderer is because when he went to God and was like, what the heck? Why are you not accepting my sacrifice? God is like, you are doing this yourself um, and put the responsibility back onto Cain Mm -hmm. instead of back onto God or the church in our case or leaders or any other kind of circumstance. And that perspective um, that you were talking about earlier, it's, it's huge because you can either be empowered by, I have this responsibility and yeah, I'm not perfect, but I can make great things happen still. Yeah. It, it's so powerful. hundred percent. Like, yeah. Perspective is everything. Like everything. Cause when I was on my mission, like for the, like when I was in my intermission, the first six months, my perspective was, it was my way. And like all the same, same things were still happening. Like I was still like struggling with pornography, but I let that because of my perspective, it drove me down. Yeah. But the second half where I was like, I was humble. Like even though I was making mistakes, I still had the perspective that helped me like lead to heaven or heavenly father. And so like, there's a couple of things that like, it was all about perspective because we can't change what happens to us necessarily. Like we can like, we can make our mistakes, but a lot of life is stuff that happens to us, but we can react to, like we can choose how we see it. Mm-hmm. And there's it, a quote. It says the only difference between a stumbling block and a stepping stone is how high you lift your foot. Yeah. And so I have like a few things. Cause they're like, one of the things that really hurt me was when I'm down on myself, like, cause like just because I've gotten home from my mission, it's like, I'm not perfect. I still struggle, but like the lessons I've learned from my, before, like I've never doubted, even if I'm like down to the dumps and like not doing anything, I never doubted my testimony because I realized that I am where I am because of me. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a quote, there's a lyric in a song. It's a seven, it's, do you remember the song seven years? I don't Once so. I was seven years old. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. So there's a remix of it. A little explicit. <laughs> um, I listened to it when I wasn't the best person. When my standards were a little bit lower, but there's a lyric and he's like, "You, you, um, it's hard to see heaven when you're when you know you're hellbound." And mm-hmm. I was like, "That's interesting," because like, like that's one thing I've always like focused on lately. Is perspective is like, and I like kind of tweaked. I was like, "It's hard to see heaven when you think you're hellbound." Mm. Um, and so when I was like spiraling, when I was either home from my mission the second time or the first time is because I felt like I wasn't worth it and I couldn't see heaven. Basically I was only like, I thought I was hellbound, so I couldn't see heaven. So I like that. My perspective was way off. I was only seeing darkness and shadows. And so that, and so I was just like, if you think you're hellbound, that's where you are going to go. Yeah. You're not going to see heaven, but if like, you know, you're not perfect, but you're still looking towards heaven. You're going to see light. You're going to see hope. You're going to see like all these things. And my best friend, who's not a member of the church, Senior year, we were in AP psych and he said, we were just like talking, he goes, and he, we were like talking about like quotes and like psychology and he just like pulled this out of nowhere. And he's like, when all you see is shadows in your life, that always means there's a, that always means there's a light nearby. Hmm. And I was just like, dang. I was like, what? <laughs> and the, but the only difference is Socrates. Exactly. Yeah. I was like, the only difference is where you're looking. And so that's a huge part of perspective is if you're like, cause there's a light and you only see a shadow, you're like, Oh, that's it. But you can look towards the light and your life will be enlightened. And like the shadow will be chased away. It'll be behind you. If you're facing the light and you'll yeah. only be able to see the light. 
And so, and that like, I always think about like Lemon and Lemuel. They were doing the Lemon, Lemuel, Sam and Nephi. They were all doing the same thing. But what was the difference? It was their perspective on why they were doing it. Mm-hmm. And so that's what really saved me was my perspective of doing it the Lord's way, being accountable to my mission president, um, and just being humble enough to know that I'm not perfect, but if I do the Lord's, what I do it with how the Lord asked me to, that I will be lifted up and I'll be able to do the things that I never thought I could. Dang. That's amazing, man. Cause I went through an amazing thing where I was like, I was home for a year and I was able to go back and serve for a year and finish my mission. Like apparently that doesn't happen a lot. And when I got home from my mission, just because I went through this one amazing spiritual experience doesn't mean I'm immune to the temptation temptation still. Yeah. Like look at Lamy and Lemuel. Like we kind of, I just kind of said like they saw an angel and they still succumb. Like, and like, that's the thing I love about the book of Mormon. If you really look at it, the periods between when Lamy and Lemuel were righteous and they were wicked were years. So they had years of being righteous. Um, and so that kind of happened to me where I was like, I was really good. And then like, I stop. I let the little things creep back into my life, and like, I won't go too much into it because our story is about what happened after our missions. Oh, quick backtrack. So when I got released again, it was a totally different. So yeah, so like, I wanted to kind of come on and talk about the two different releases that I went through. The one yeah. where I got my temple recommend taken away, my tag taken away. But yeah, so after my second mission, half of my mission, I came home. And finishing it honorably, like I remember sitting there in the office, same sick president, same office, same suit. I'm pretty sure because I wanted to make sure I like did <laughs> this on purpose. To be the same. Yeah. And he's like, Elder Parker, you've done something amazing. You've finished your mission, and blah blah. blah. And then we just kind of did a little mini exit and it, or did the exit interview. And he was like, and now I want you to. I want to like. I want to thank you because he didn't thank me for my mission before. Because I understood why. He's like, I want to thank you for your mission, but now it's time to take off your tag, because you you accomplished your mission. And I was like, that made me ball. Like yeah. it was still hard, oh, but man. I was like, I was like, fine. But like the difference between being released dishonorably and being released honorably was like. I remember I was just. I remember I was crying for a completely different reason. Because all the lessons I'd learned, everything that the Savior had showed me, all the lessons I'd learned the second half of my mission, that my whole mission were just there. And I just felt so much love and so much gratitude for the opportunity that I was able to finish my mission because of the atonement of the Savior. And it was just like, yeah, so like that's my release story, to, part two. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was just like amazing. But then, like I was telling you, like I was really good for a long time after my mission, but then I slowly let small things creep back into my life. Like I stopped reading my scriptures every day or when I did, it was like, I was like, Oh, I at least have to get like a chapter. In. And I would just like quickly read a chapter. I didn't let it like sink in. I started looking at like provocative pictures. And that eventually led back to pornography, which then eventually led back to me breaking the law of chastity, which then sent me down into a spiral of depression and I was like in and out of church for a few years. And like I'm still in it right now, but I'm on the latter end where I feel like I'm finally coming out of it. Yeah. Where, But like what That's saved me from like, even in the middle of all this, I never lost faith in the church. Yeah. I would lose faith in myself if that makes sense. Like I was like, I know the savior can save me. I don't like, and I, the reason I'm not going too deep into it is because you and I, like, when I listened to yours, it, like, it was like your story in the first episode is like I was listening to my own. It literally felt like I was listening to my own story. Um, so if you want to kind of, it's like crazy similar. It's like, like and like the down to the, having the same bishop. Yeah, like we had the same bishop, and he's amazing. Ward. Yeah, and even though like, shout out to Bishop Heaps. Oh, and Brother Ware and Brother James, who's now Bishop Ware. Yeah, Bishop Ware. Oh man. Um, but. Yeah, like I'm still in the middle of it, but when I finally like I feel like I'm in a good place where like I can talk about this and I want to talk about this because like just because I have these amazing stories and I wanted to kind of like talk about it and like oh yeah and like kind of like have like a nice little bow on top. I'm like yep, I'm good. I don't struggle with pornography anymore or like all this stuff and like but like I'm still in it. Yeah, I always will be. Yeah, but I'm so happy because of the things that I learned. 
I'm so happy because of the people that I have in my life. And that's one thing that's really helped me is because when it's like, we have the, the tendency of when we do bad things, that's all we think about. That's all we think about. We forget about all the good in our life. And so there's a reason why the Lord has us to, has us remember not only the savior, but the good times in our life. And I've talked to my mission president recently and it was like a shot in the arm of the spirit or like, and I just talked to him and it just like took me right back to my mission. And I was like, and all that motivation came right back. And so if anyone's struggling with all these, my biggest advice, if you're struggling with pornography, any other part of the law of chastity, word of wisdom, self doubt, depression, or, um, or anything that's keeping you from, that's keeping you from feeling the most worthy or like, if you feel like you're unworthy for whatever reason, or you're not worth it, talk to someone who loves you. Cause even though we know ourselves best, we don't see ourselves correctly all the time. And they do, they see us like whether it's your parents, your friends, your spouse, your loved ones, a mission president, just talk to someone who knows you for who you really are. Cause when you're in the temptations, that's not who you are. That's not who you are. And that's what I feel like we get caught up in is that we do these things and they're like, Oh, that's us. Yeah. But it doesn't feel right. Talk to someone who knows you, who you really are and let them remind you of that. You are a child of God. Talk yeah. to the heavenly father, talk to him and ask him like who he sees you as. Yeah. Cause I remember there's a point where I hadn't prayed in a long time. And this was fairly recent with my most recent Bishop. And I talked to him and I finally had the courage to go and talk to him. He goes, you are a child of God. And I just, I cry a lot apparently, <laughs> but I was just like tearing up and I was like, I haven't heard that in so long, but it's such a simple concept. That's what I love about this, the gospel is it's so simple and we just forget. That's why the Lord like has us remember and I was like, I remember he's like, talk to the heavenly father about them. Ask him if he's your son, ask him if you're potential about you, who you are. And I like, I like tried to pray and I like choked up. I just like cried while I was praying, but the Lord knew my, my thoughts in my heart. So he knew what I was trying to say. And so that's my advice is always try to keep a positive perspective and see, who, try and see yourself for who the Lord sees you, like for who you really are. Keep that perspective. Um, and the one thing that really hurt me was that I would do these bad things or to fall into temptation and I forget to do the good things too. And there's like that old, old Native American, like the wolf inside, the one that you said. I remember, yeah. I like, I was like, I think about that all the time. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, just because you're doing bad things doesn't mean you can stop doing good things. Yeah. Like, don't forget to do those. Because if you stop doing it, that one, the white wolf or the, the, the pure wolf will die. Like, well, but it'll never, the thing about it is nothing ever truly disappears that yeah. in, with the savior or the gospel. It's just smaller. The flame is just small, mm. but it's always there. If you try and find it, that's the, that's the amazing thing about the light of the gospel. It's a light. And if you watch David A. Bednar's three piece, more message about light, the thing yeah. that I love is he says, it chaseth away the dark. We can see a match from a mile away. And that's the amazing thing about light is like the darkness can't overcome you. Satan can't overcome you. You have to let him. So if you like, but he cannot extinguish your light. Only you can do that. But if it, but and even then it's not really ever gone. So yeah. just keep finding and keep building it. And yeah, you might still do some stupid things, but don't ever stop doing the good things. Yeah. Cause that's, it's when you stop doing the good and start doing the bad and that only the bad, that's when you're going to fall. Yeah. And like you and me, can we come both to like, we're like, we, like we're, when, even when we were getting better, when we, we still did bad things, that doesn't mean you have to start over. Yeah. Um, it's like a graph. I like wish I had a little whiteboard for it, but I always felt like I'd be doing good. And then like, I'd do bad and I go right back down to the beginning, but it's not. Yeah. It's like it's you go up a little bit and then you fall a bit, but if you keep going up, you'll still be further than where you used to be. Yeah. So even if you mess up a couple of times, as long as you're consistently I mean the majority of the time doing good, you're still progressing. Which goes back to the fact that like how you felt on the mission, you're like, does my first half count? Mm -hmm. Just because you've done bad things is it does not erase the good things that you have done. Um yeah. and 
And that's something that was huge for me to realize too, because like you feel like and everything bad is everything good is irrelevant because of the bad that you have. Yeah. It's like washed away. Yeah. And that's not the case, but vice versa is the bad that you have done becomes completely irrelevant when it's washed away through Mm -hmm. the blood of Christ. It is. And I don't know. It's such a powerful thought that you brought up. Um, and I, I, I swear like everything that you're saying, um, and the story, I just want to, start saying so many of the things that I said in my first episode. I know. That, that's <laughs> why I don't like... want to go too deeply into it because it's like you said everything that I was thinking oh, man. in that episode. And I don't want to stop you from going into it because like, like you have so many different things that like different ways of saying things that could mm-hmm. like touch people in different ways or like help people understand and, um, and help me understand too. And yeah. so like, yeah. So don't, don't feel like this, this episode doesn't have to, be shorter or anything sure. and so like i just want to hear yeah what you have to say my so. the biggest thing but yeah so like the whole thing about the light watch those videos watch the bit david benar because it's so good and yeah. just like it's so good and then the thing that's helped me the most for myself and for others is being able to talk about it not hiding it what we've gone through especially a lot of chastity or depression or anything that's like mental or emotional no one's going to see that it's not like but it's just as real as a broken arm Mm -hmm. or a broken leg or needing to have like surgery it's like it's just as important and the way that we heal that is either going through professional help which if you need it the church will help Mm -hmm. um whether it be a counselor the 12-step or whatever, the church will help you find a program that suits your needs. Um, and that's another thing is like, find people who've gone through similar things. Cause like we were just saying like, you and I have gone through very, very similar things, but we say it in different ways that resonate with each other. Yeah. Or will resonate with someone else a little bit different, but you and I, like, I feel like. This has been so good for me. Yeah. I'm sitting down and like hearing your story. I've been like so uplifted and it's given me more motivation to, like talk to people and become better myself with the, with my weaknesses and struggles with yeah. pornography and everything. Like when I was like, there's some of the things I want to talk to you about after the show that you said that you'd gone through that I want to start doing in my life. And so that's the thing is like, we're similar, but at the same time, we're still helping each other. Yeah. And we're still uplifting each other. And that's one thing that's really saved me is I've had amazing people, like whether they be former companions or um, just friends I've met out here that I've had the best conversations and we're both struggling, but somehow by sharing our struggles with each other, we uplift each other. It almost sounds like, oh, you're both struggling. It's like the blind leading the blind. Yeah. But it's the <laughs> exact opposite. Yeah. It's like you, we are stronger together. Yeah. And Satan can't break us. And that's the thing that Satan tries to do. He tries to alienate us from each other and alienate us from the Lord. But. And it kind of goes back to like what I said in my first episode about the group I go to. Yeah. These guys, the brotherhood that is made through opening up to one another and talking about each other's weaknesses and everything is so strong. Um, I don't know if you're missing that brotherhood in your life or that just connection with people. Because they do say that the opposite of addiction is connection. It's not sobriety. No. It's connection. It's being with people. And that's why the whole 12 step was started. Yeah. And that's so. yeah, exactly. That's why I love the idea of sharing. And here's the thing, if you're going through this right now and you're with someone, tell them. Especially if you feel it, whether you're a girl or a guy or whatever. Yeah. Tell someone, especially if you want to be with them. They're there, you're each other's help meet. You're there to lift each other up and they can't lift you up if they don't know what's going on. And then by lift, and then you guys will be so much closer. Like I already feel like I've met you. I randomly met you at Walmart. Yeah. I ambushed (laughs) you there, but like, but now like I felt like I was close with you after I listened to your podcast, but now I feel even closer and I've known this is like the first real time we've ever talked. Yeah, seriously. And that's like, could you like imagine doing that with someone that you truly love? 
by, just by being vulnerable, it opens the door for so much deeper connection. Yeah. It's so, and like, and then like, and if they truly love you, they will help you. Like I've had people who I had, a, I have like a friend, dear, dear friend of mine. I love him more than anything. He like, before he got married, he openly shared that he had struggled with pornography with his now wife and they're so strong and they worked on it together. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing is it's like, don't be afraid to share these things with the people you love. And like, cause I always go back to the, if someone you loved came with you that they're going through something, how would you react? Mm-hmm. And why, why do you assume that people won't do that for you? Cause that was, what was the hardest thing for me was like, I'd do anything for anyone. Yeah. But then I didn't let people do the same for me. And that's half of a relationship is a give and take. Yeah. And so that's one of the piece of advice is like, don't be afraid to share because these things, these mental things, addictions, they, it's, it's such a behind closed doors thing. It's such a personal thing where if you let it, it will consume you and it will drive everyone away if you don't tell anyone. Mm -hmm. But if you're open with it and you talk to people about it, it will bring you closer together, which is so weird. It's funny, there's a study done with customer service. And when there's a disgruntled customer um, because the company hasn't done things right, and then the company goes back and repairs that and has been honest and been like, hey, we messed up. This is what we're going to do to help fix it. Mm -hmm. Their relationship is way better than it was, even if the company never made a mistake in the first place. Yeah. And that's the same with relationships. If we think that we have to be perfect in a relationship, yeah, it might like, if you are perfect, your relationship will be good. But first off, you're not. (laughs) And (laughs) no one is. No one is. And, but if you're open and honest with those things that you struggle with and you guys can grow together, it'll be so much greater than if two perfect people got together. Exactly. Like think about it as a, because most, a lot, the majority of the people listening to this are either serve missions or about to. Think about it with a companion. You, the, you, some of your best companions you struggled with. You went through some of the hardest things with them, whether that be something that happened in your personal life or investigators or just like whatever. And um, some of my best companions, I had the hardest areas. Yeah. And that's the same with like someone that you're in a relationship with. And like I had this, uh, Oh gosh, I need to find this quote. Um, but it's the, basically it's a, is it better to be born perfect or to be born imperfect and overcome evil? Mm. Like you'll be so much stronger. Yeah. That's why we, that's why we come here is to struggle so we can grow. Like you were saying with a stepping stone and a stumbling block, we're here, like we're here to uplift. We're here to grow. And it's like, yeah, like whether it be working out or practicing anything, whether it be a sport instrument, anything we're not good at it at first we have to put the time in and struggle but if you do put the time in and you struggle and you're like and you see the have the perspective of this is helping me mm-hmm. you will become out you'll become out so much stronger and it's the same with your relationships whether like significant other or your family like if you are open with it that one they're going to appreciate that you're honest with them so they don't have because they're, they're going to feel even closer to you because you're not hiding anything and two when you work on it together you come closer. Yeah. Like most people, like I, like I have like, yeah, like as long, if you have a common goal together and something that you're working on together, you come so much close. You're so much closer with that person. Mm-hmm. And so it's no different with struggles and temptations. And it's just be open, be honest. And the more that we do this, if we can like get a culture of open and honesty, like, yeah, but I'm not trying to say like, I'm not trying to like justify people doing this, mm-hmm. but there's a reason why it's so it's such a pandemic or epidemic in our church. It's because we don't want to talk about it. Yeah. And the, and the way that we need to talk about it is by shedding light on it and by mm-hmm. bringing it up, like bringing it up, not just a don't do this kind of talk, but a, I've gone through this. Let's work on this together. Let's have the open and honest conversation about our imperfections as people. And let's lift each other up with because of it. Yeah. Before I put out my first episode, I was so scared. 
I um, and I don't blame people for being scared because it is it's something terrifying. that's like it's very terrifying. it is secretive. It's 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 shameful. Um, and I I told myself I'm like I'm gonna just talk about how I struggled after the mission. I'm not gonna get into any specific mm-hmm. temptations or transgressions. And I'm like the only reason I would do that, only reason, is if God told me to. Yeah. And because I'm like, that's a genie you cannot put back in the bottle. That is something that once it's out there, it's out there. And I don't know what it was. There's a lot of things that pointed to me really opening up. And I ended up praying about it. And it was just so strong. It was just like, you need to tell people. And yeah, you're you're going to, there might be some things that are changed. Like there mm-hmm. might be some uh, dates that you won't go on. There might be some people that look at you differently, but there's going to be so much more good. Mm-hmm. People are going to connect so much more with that. Oh, 100%. And I, I've only received such positivity. Yeah. And that's why I'm like, I am such an advocate for what you're saying right now. And I'm so grateful that you have been so willing to share your experience and your story because it is so powerful. And the more people that share this, I promise you, if you guys like, if there is somebody that is struggling with this and I'm sure Gage, you can, you can promise the same thing when you do open up to someone and you take that responsibility, like I I am where I am because of me and these are my weaknesses. It is, I, I don't, it's empowering. I know that's not like for lack of a better word, it is empowering. Well, it's empowering because you're laying the atonement in your life. Yeah. It's, I don't know. It's transformating. It's transformational, I guess transformative transformative that's the word (laughs) i just like i am so grateful that i was able to share that and that that you're able to share that and when i do hear people that share things like this um it makes the biggest difference in their life as well as the lives of people around them Mm -hmm. and so one thing that really just like i thought of and it's a star wars reference unfortunately it's from the sequels but um (laughs) it's when I can't remember who's talking, but they're talking about how the emperor, he gains his power by making us feel like we're alone. Hmm. He, that's what he says. And then it's like, but you're, but I think they're talking to Poe, but like someone says like, he makes you feel like you're alone, but you're not. And that's what, that's what Satan does. He gains his power by making us feel like we're alone. But the more that, and it like, just because we confess and talk to each other doesn't mean that we're like failing as a church. It means we're succeeding. Yeah. And so that's the thing that like, I want to like tell people is that you're not alone. More people are going through what you're going through than you realize. And by opening up, two things are going to happen. You're going to be healed and you're going to be able to help others. And that's such an amazing blessing that we're, that's why we're here. That's why we're here as a ward family, as a normal family. Like we're here to, so that we're not alone. Why do you think we get sealed? We're here so that we can be together forever. And Satan's trying to do the opposite by making us feel alone. And it's amazing. So it's like everything Satan tries to tell you, everything that you're scared of, like if you're like, oh, if I tell someone they're going to like reject me or I'm going to be alone, the opposite's going to happen because he's the father of lies. Mm-hmm. So if he's like, if you think, if I tell someone, if I tell my story to someone I love or my bishop, they're going to like ostracize me or the majority of people, I'll never talk to anyone again. No one's ever going to like want to date me. The opposite's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like you said, some People may not be ready for that, yeah. but they're not ready. You don't need them in your life at the moment. Yeah. But the people you will find because you're vulnerable are going to be so much better. And you're going to like, not even better, but like you'll have such a better connection with those people. is probably a better way to put it. So like you're never alone. And the opposite of what you're afraid of is going to happen is like what you're afraid is going to happen. The opposite is probably going to happen. Yeah. Like I came home and I thought people were going to ostracize me for, confessing and then everyone's like you're so strong you did the right thing and that's an you're so amazing for doing that i and then like and every time i'm like afraid of like telling someone or like doing the right thing especially if it's the right thing to do you will only be blessed 
Yeah. And it's amazing how much the Lord will actually bless you. He's not just going to make you clean. Like my little uh, Japanese pottery thing is he's going to make you beautiful because of your mistakes. Mm-hmm. And you're because of that, you're going to be able to lift others out of the darkness that they were in with the through the power and show them the light that is the savior. And so that's kind of my invitation to everyone listening is always trying to have a positive perspective. Always try to have the eternal perspective on everything in your life. Don't be afraid to share what you're going through with people because it only has as much power as you give it. And we're here to connect with people. And by doing so you will either your connections with people will either deepen or you'll make new connections with people that you never would have thought. And your life will be so much better and you will be lifted up. And the people that you're that are connecting with you will be lifted up at the same time. Cause that's why we're here. We're here to lift each other up at, to heavenly father and then Jesus Christ. And so that's like my kind of my, like the biggest things that I took away from the lessons that I've gone through is what I just said, perspective, um, like being, not being afraid to share with people and always looking forward and always like always doing the right thing, no matter how hard it is, it's always worth it. That year was a literal hell for me, but so was the garden of Gethsemane for heavenly, for Jesus Christ. Yeah. Like as long, it may be hard, but if it's the right thing that you're meant to do, you're going to come out of it so much stronger and so much more like the savior. Like elder Holland said, all roads to heavenly father lead through Gethsemane. Mm-hmm. Mine is just mine. Like I'm still going through it, but yeah, don't be afraid of the hard times and don't be afraid to, I wish I'd open it up sooner, honestly. And I'm so grateful for the opportunity that you opened up and shared your experience because it's given me an opportunity to one, meet you and feel lifted up just from listening to your story and the others on your podcast. But it's also giving me an opportunity to share what I've learned and share what I've gone through. And hopefully, even if I just help one person, that's enough. It makes it all worth it. It's all worth it. Yeah. In the end. So I'm so grateful that I was able to come on this podcast, even though it's probably I rambled or like when we talked a lot, I'm so grateful. I loved it. I'm so grateful that I was able to come here and hopefully I'm like, I'm able to make connections from this. I wasn't able to before. So thank you um, so much for having me. And if anyone wants to talk to me, I'm totally open. Um, I'm sure you'll tag me on Instagram. So just look for that. But yeah, thank you so much again for having me on this podcast. I'm so grateful for it. Yeah. I'm so grateful that you were able to come. I, I feel so uplifted and enlightened from it and so thanks gage yeah no problem hey everyone thank you so much for listening to this episode it was really honestly great fun to talk with gage parker So it's great. The semester is over. That's great news. I'm able to focus a little bit more on this podcast. I'm going to be reaching out to a lot of the people that have been emailing me. If you have a story that you feel like can connect with return missionaries, please reach out to me. I would love to hear it. As always, go on social media, comment, let me know what you want to hear more of. And remember, God is good and he's planned on your success. And though you've been released from your mission, you've not been released from your ministry.